All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 65 of the Still City Insider podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the enthusiastic Jim Wexel. If you've read his column about this year's Pittsburgh Steelers draft, Jim cites the term enthusiasm. And we're going to talk about this exciting Steelers draft. Jim, first of all, I'm so excited that I forgot to ask you, how are you doing today? I'm excited, man. I'm really enthusiastic. Yes. I just came across, it's funny, I just came across, I, I read a lot. I, I'm reading uh, Think and Grow Rich, but the, the updated one, uh, the Napoleon Hill uh, uh, updated one. And uh, enthusiasm, I'm on the chapter for enthusiasm. Oh, it's the key to life. I mean, some things are just obvious, right? But you need reminders. You need yes. reminders. And I'm reading the Ryan Shazier book, and I get to the part where Thomas Tull gives him the book, uh, The Obstacle is the Path by Ryan Holiday. It's a stoic, it's a book on stoicism, which I've I've been I've had on my list. I'm a big Ryan Holiday guy. So I was really excited. And in this book really inspired Ryan Shazier while he was in the hospital bed. And you know, I'm a big I'm friends with Thomas Tull, so I'm a big uh, Thomas Tull fan. He does things like that. He should have given me that book long ago. I wouldn't be doing podcasts with you. <laughs> oh man! I remember I was in uh, I was in Baltimore. What we were watching? I think it was in Memorial Stadium. I was sitting with Pursuit, and we are we bet on the over or something, and uh, it was. This, the points were hard to come by. And he was working for the Beaver County Times. And I said something, and he said, you know, if that were true, I wouldn't be sitting here with you betting the under at, a, at this terrible <laughs> stadium. I'll never forget that. I'm like, what's wrong sitting here with me? So I, I forwarded that to you. Now nice. you can do it to somebody else. Nice. I, I I will make sure that I pass it along. But it is an exciting day here to be able to talk about the Steelers draft. We have a new uh, group of players that are going to be coming in uh, to, to mini camps, OTAs, training camp. I know I'm excited as a fan. I'm the fan component of this podcast. But I mean, when I look at this from a 30,000 foot view, they get the offensive lineman that they needed at the tackle position they get the corner, and not just the corner, but the guy that everybody talked about being the their first round pick. Uh, and not only that, they get a, a, a strong defensive lineman. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can't I can't help. No, it's myself. okay. Roll with it. But then they get the big, massive tight end and uh, and Darnell Washington. But just I know looking at this draft, I know I feel excited about the the prospects of this team, how these players are going to fit in. And let's just let's dive right in, Jim. I mean, there's so much to talk about here. Where do you want to start? Well, uh, you left off the most enthusiastic of all the picks. Nick Herbig, Herbig. was so enthusiastic. I, I, we all met Denzel Martin for the first time, the first year OLB coach. <laughs> he just said, we said, what did, what did Nick say about this or something? And he said, I couldn't understand him. He was crying. And so this this kid was the kid who was picked by a team with his best friend, Benton, and his brother, Nate. And Nate really s- stormed us with enthusiasm at his pre-draft, at his press conference in March when he signed as a free agent. So uh, that is the most enthusiastic pick. And we I didn't get to talk to the seventh round picks. But um, 
it's funny you say uh, you're a fan and I'm not, but see, secretly I am. I want to see these guys is what I want to do. I don't know so much about being a fan of the team as much as I want to see these guys, right? And I get to see them in two weeks, 10 days now. Yeah. Rookie minicamp. I mean, it'll be horrible ball, but you get to see them. And, you know, Tomlin's always in rare form because he's excited to see them too. Right. Yeah. So, to, you know, in 10 days, we'll we'll have more to report here at Steel City Insider. Awesome. So let's let's start there. Let's start with Herbig. Um, they're, they're, I, he's listed as an edge, uh, but he potentially has the, the, the capability of being off the ball linebacker. Um, do you, do you foresee him getting that initial opportunity as an outside backer for him to fill, provide some depth at that role? Or do you think that they'll try to work him into uh, an, an inside backer position early on? No, they'll, they'll, they'll give him the outside linebacker. I mean, that's a wide open spot. They need a third guy there. I, I remember when they drafted an inside linebacker, Timmons, and said he's going to be an outside linebacker. He was a, he was a 4-3 outside linebacker. People get just confused all the time. He was a drafted inside linebacker, and they said they're going to work him at outside linebacker until the next round they drafted Lamar Woodley, and then they stopped saying that. Nate Herbig, it's Nick Herbig, and I'll do this for the next five years. Nick Herbig is going to be an outside linebacker, but really he projects to inside because of short arms and he's 240 pounds. It'll be like you add 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds, mm-hmm. you know? And you would think he has the heart and soul and the instincts to play inside. And I, I, in my column today, I hearkened back to LeVon Kirkland, who was an edge at Clemson, drafted in the second round because he was a projection and became the biggest inside linebacker in NFL history. But, boy, he could cover. Three years later, he was the best player in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Chad Brown was another edge player who became a very good inside linebacker. So, um I mean, Herbig is going to start as an outside guy. For one, that's his position. And for two, they desperately need a number three. Yeah. Yeah. And his ver- versatility, you know, maybe they could move him around, use him in some uh, unique packages. But I could just foresee a a, a future Pittsburgh podcast, the Herbig Brothers. <laughs> you're going to want to get in on you're going to want to get in on the ground floor of that one. Lose lose this loser. You know, you don't want to do podcasts with Jeremy. Get the Herbig boys. That sounds like a money idea, man. There we go. So Nate and Nick, if you're out there watching, <laughs> hey, there's there's a there's a spot for you. At least come for for a guest guest spot here on the Still City Insider podcast. So that was their their fourth round pick at 132, uh, linebacker out of Wisconsin. And I mentioned uh, the cornerback selection second round there, Joe Porter Jr., a guy that really I hung my hat on as being their uh, their first pick, number seventeen. Uh, but he falls to the second round. The Steelers, fortunately, were picking first uh, because of that trade with Chicago. And they get a guy who was really projected by most um, draft pundits to, to be first rounder. So they land Joey Porter Jr. And now you have a player uh, with, with with all the, the tangible qualities. He's rangy. He's got the length. Um, he just... <laughs> How did that happen? How did he fall? Uh, but more well, importantly, how does I mean he fell on media boards? Let's take it easy. Every the media loves this draft because the media boards they drafted off the media boards, right? I mean, a little little value too. Uh, you know, and, and we talked about Joey's uh 
young Porter's, um, I don't want to say weaknesses, but potential drawbacks. He was a 4-4-6. The guy they drafted in the seventh round is bigger and ran a 4-4-7. So, yeah, and 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 <laughs> that guy did his agility drills and aced them. 6.703 cone. I don't think PZ Jr. could do that, but um, man, he's a good player and he's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's mad. He's mad. He didn't get in the first round. I want to tell him, I say, Joey, you know, 32 players are drafted in the first round. You're picked 32. Just call yourself a first rounder. You can. We'll let you get away with it. In fact, we're (laughs) going to call you a first rounder. He was a 32nd pick, right? How many picks are in the first round? 32. Right. Right. That's that's enough of that. Now use that in your contract negotiations, Peasy. So, (laughs) no, um. I'm sorry. I was listening to about an hour of Norm McDonald before I turn on. So I'm a little, I'm trying to channel Norm McDonald. It's not working, but anyway, back to football. Um, I loved how Alan Fanica introduced him and I loved how they didn't trade and allowed Alan Fanica to open the second night of the draft. It was symbolic to me. He was robust and he's um, symbolic of the change from the late 90s into the next Super Bowl era. You know, as much as uh, Steeler fans feel they deserve a Super Bowl every year, there have only been two teams that went to Super Bowls, one Super Bowls, two different groups, only two. The second group, Alan Fanica was the start of that. Joey Porter came next year. So it's really cool that he introduced the start of the next Super Bowl era, Joey Porter's kid. Yeah. Yeah. And you you mentioned their seventh round cornerback pick there at 241. Man, you're going like, wait, okay, from fourth round to second round to seventh round. I'm just t- I'm tying in the cornerback here. I'm not I'm not leaving Porter Jr. Um, okay. but I did okay. want to hit on Corey Trice. So you did reference the seventh round pick. Uh fast guy, big guy, but the the concern around him was his medicals, uh, in terms of injuries that he that he's had. He, do you have a feel for what those injuries were and what those red flags were that I'm, caused him to fall that far? I'm pretty sure it was an ACL two years ago. So, I mean, you don't recover quickly from an ACL. And, you know, pe- people said it with the exception of Rod Woodson, but that was no exception. Rod mm-hmm. Woodson rushing his comeback from an ACL is the reason that he left Pittsburgh mm-hmm. because he struggled the next year and, and a half. And then they let him go. And then he came back as a safety. So, uh, to the Ravens, but um, uh, this guy uh, Trice, uh, man, great times, great size, six three and three eighths, I believe. Um, I, I, just to be precise here, because because he's bigger than Peasy, Peasy, Peasy <laughs> Junior, Peasy. Uh, but anyway, um. All right, I don't have it. I think it's 6'3 and 3'8, 206, and ex, uh, great times. Um, I really haven't watched tape of them, but you know, the media boards are saying third and fourth round. Um, Purdue, you know, big time competition. It's very interesting. Uh, I, I'm curious as to what Mel Blunt really measured. I mean, we all call him the 6'4 corner, but uh, there were no combines back then. And you wonder, <laughs> you just wonder if he was 6'2 and a half. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll see. I asked Peasy if he met Mel Blunt yet. And he said, no, not yet. I said, you will. 
And Mel will be in. Mel's always in with this cowboy hat, looking all regal. And he'll challenge these guys. I, man, he's getting old, but he still looks good. But they'll measure up. They'll I, measure up. We'll see who's bigger. I was just going to say that about uh, Mel Blunt. He doesn't look like he ages. He just, I mean, he looks he looks damn good. I know. I know. And, you know, uh, uh, but, I mean, it'll be cool at Rookie Minicamp to see two six three corners with long arms, condors. Yeah. You remember what you remember what a herd of condors is called? If you read my column, read your a condo, a condo, See condo that? condors. I passed my quiz. <laughs> I did my reading. <laughs> Professor Wexel, yes, I did my homework. <laughs> so, so looking looking at these two corners that were selected, Trice more than likely is going to be brought along slowly. But Porter, Peasy Jr., uh, is going to be expected to make contributions early on, probably not as a starter, but he's going to be worked into the mix. How do you see that um, kicking off for him? What What is his role going to be? How is this going to play out for Porter? Well, he's going to have to beat out Akello Witherspoon to become the number three. He's the number four right now. I assume... Patrick Peterson will kick inside when they when they have three wide receivers, and either Akello or PZ Jr. will come onto the field as the outside corner. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, do they want to save money uh, and, and cut uh, Akello's? Because uh, on the other side will be Levi Wallace, I presume. Hey, yeah. maybe he loses out to Akello. We'll see how Akello recovers from the injury plague year last year because he had a good half a year in 2021. He's another tall, rangy corner. And Patrick Peterson's tall, so yeah. they're going to have a they're going to have a condo out there for sure. <laughs> but that's they'll work peasy and slow. I mean, they're not going to embarrass a corner, but they're also going to yeah, like you said, they're going to be expecting him. Yeah, yeah. So Steelers get the corner. They get another guy at the position to help solidify depth at, at the cornerback spot. The secondary looks a lot better than it did pre-draft. And then the the one area that we knew the Steelers needed to upgrade, they spent a lot of time in free agency boosting, bolstering that interior part uh, of the offensive line. But they go go tackle, and they do so in one of the strangest of ways by making a trade with their uh, nemesis, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, uh, to get in front of the Jets. I know you mentioned that in your column as well. And they select Broderick Jones, Offensive tackle, Georgia. And now you really have a young guy with a lot of talent who can contribute. Can he start right away, Jim? Or is this something that they're gonna they're gonna start with with more? They're gonna start with a core four and wait and see? Or do you think that this is something that's hey, he's getting every opportunity out to shoot? Well, he's he's uh experienced at right tackle. They had he said his coach made him practice at right tackle every day. I presume that was before he was the starter at left tackle. They rotated guys, and coach wanted him to be ready to play both sides. He said he sees no problem. This isn't Flozell Adams spending 15, 18 years at one side and then being asked to move sides. That was an issue. But uh, this guy, I see no problem. He's only 21, too. So I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go right away. But did I see Dan Moore tweet that, Hey, he's the right tackle, pal. He's taking <laughs> Chukes' job. Did you see that? I did not see or that. Did somebody did somebody uh, forge that? 
or however you call it on Twitter when, uh-huh. when you make something up. But but there, were, I, I saw a photo of a Dan Moore tweet saying, hey, stop saying he's coming to take my job. He's taking Chooks's job. Mm. <laughs> Someone said flashes of Martavis Bryant. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that one. I forgot yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I I don't know that I like a wide receiver saying that, but I like a salty dog at left tackle saying that. I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. If Dan Moore's got that kind of attitude, great. Don't be a nice guy about this. You're a left tackle, dude. Yeah. So, uh we'll see. And we'll see. That that's the beauty of this competition, but they needed a third offensive tackle like they needed a third outside linebacker. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. And this is a guy has the frame, looks the part, can move, aggressive. Um, and the fact that they were able to not not only get the tackle, the the cornerback again, the the fan in me is uh I don't want to say I'm at peace, but I'm just I'm I'm invigorated. I'm getting more excited as I talk about this. But that wasn't the only George. Let, let, let's go back to the trade up, the okay. Belichick thing. Yes. Because I know you mentioned that and I I skipped over that. <clears throat> but <clears throat> You gotta love it, right? Uh, I mean, what what is funny is the Jets were like stupefied. They showed their war room. So I didn't see it, but somebody told me that they were just all when the Steelers traded up, right? <laughs> but everybody knew. I think we talked about it on the podcast. The Jets were the team. If they want Broderick Jones, they gotta be wary of the Jets. They're gonna have to trade up past the Jets. I wanted to trade up with Paris Johnson, but I knew if they had to trade up for Broderick Jones, they had to go bypass the Jets. I I don't know how I knew, but everybody knew. Yeah. Somebody said, one of the ESPN reporters the next day was reporting on this, said he tried to get info out of the Jets on, on, their, uh, on their day two. He goes, I, I can't get anything. They're, they're, they're as closed-lipped as they've ever been in my history of covering this team. Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> Too late. You know, uh, and Belichick, for as much smirking as he had to be doing, in the fourth round, trades with the Jets to move up to draft a kicker. It's like, here, I'll help you out, guys. I know, I did you bad. It's like, has Belichick got a heart now? You know, what's going on? What was that about? A kicker. So, anyway. Yeah. Those are my comments about that trade. that's That's a funny trade, a great trade. You know, uh, for for the Steelers to have sat and the way the way Tomlin interjected, uh, I thought was another sample of Tomlin being in charge. Mm-hmm. I know everybody. It's Omar's day. It really is. And and the personnel staff was, you know, infused. You know, they were they were lightning. They they were they were on fire. It was their day, and they should be congratulated for such. <clears throat> but don't think for a second Tomlin's not in charge. So uh, anyway, when he interjected, we weren't trading more than a fourth. That was telling. And that was also, wow, I thought they were, I really thought they would want to deal with the Bears at number nine mm-hmm. and trade pick 49. I thought they were ready to give up a lot to move up and then trade 32 to get a lot back. Well, I was wrong on that. And they were only going to give up a fourth, and so they were they were fully expecting not to get a tackle. Maybe they were they were counting on the kid uh, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma at the bottom of the round. Yeah, maybe take Peasy at seventeen and take Anton Harrison at thirty-two. Maybe that was their plan. 
But, I mean, they needed a tackle, and they coolly cut it close, and it worked. It just it worked brilliantly. Sometimes it, it pays to be patient. I know I'm espousing enthusiasm today, but that was that alliterate coolly cutting it close. I mean, that's poetry. See, I didn't even try. I I tried to do the uh, uh, enthusiasm. I I said something that was I thought would you I thought you would catch the alliteration there, but I accidentally said something better, didn't I? I mean, that's (laughs) that's some next level. That's some next level stuff. So uh, real fast. So Tomlin gave Omar Khan an, a nickname. And I just wanted to get your take on it. The, the, the Khan artist. Yay or nay? Do you like it? Well, it's, it's pretty good. I don't know that he's that. And I don't know that they did all that much trading, really. <clears throat> I mean, they sat coolly and uh, allowed Belichick to monkey the Jets. Uh, sitting coolly was the biggest part of it. it. Wasn't I? Don't think there was a con involved. I don't think there was aggression involved. I thought it was cool hand Luke, if you ask me. Yeah, played his cards perfectly. And then trading down, not trading down at thirty-two because if you look at what thirty-three got, there wasn't really much that thirty-three got. You know what I mean? Yeah, the team picking thirty-third traded down so someone could come up and take one of the quarterbacks. They didn't get all that much. So you got to respect the, you know, what I thought they would recoup all their mid-round picks by trading down 32. There's nothing there. So they, and, and they rolled with it. And here comes Alan Fanica. Like I said in my column, would you rather Alan Fanica introduce the, the, uh, the entire night by setting a tone and robustly introducing Joey Porter's kid? Or would you rather have him come in the middle of the second round, step up there and, announced the the drafting of a kid from Kansas State. I mean, you know, this was this was the Steelers night and it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be. They didn't they didn't go out. The Steelers didn't go out and say this is going to be our night. They coolly thought about things and disregarded the trade and all of a sudden, man, here's Alan Fanica starting a night off. Yeah. You know, and Alan Fanica's a tough dude and he came up and he was robust and it was cool. It was really it fired me up. So, uh, yeah. So they had to fire Steelers Nation up, right? And then you get Porter's kid. Now he's like, uh, and then they come in. They came into the media room. They said, uh, "Hey, uh, we're not going to get Joey on the phone. Joey's uh, Joey Porter Jr. on the phone. He's driving down." We're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then he gets in there, and uh, you weren't at the combine, but uh, he was so, you know, meek is a word, but. He was just nice. And there's no reason to be anything more than meek at the combine, right? But he he came off as gentle and a nice kid and nothing like his dad. And we mentioned that to him. And he said, yeah, I'm more like my mom. Well, he came in after the draft more like his dad. I mean, he was still, he would smile every now and then, but he wasn't pleased. He had a chip on his shoulder and he was ready to go. Let's practice now. I'm here to learn the defense. Let's go watch film. So yeah. that was really cool too. And that fired more people up. So, and then, uh, you know, you get the defensive lineman in the middle of the round. Yeah. So g- good segue. Perfect. Uh, Keanu Benton, defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. So two Wisconsin guys out of this draft, two Georgia guys, but let's, let's focus in here on, on Benton. You, you get a defensive tackle. They, they got a need there uh, to, to build depth. How do you see Benton? Yeah. Con- uh, 
Can't even t- I'm so excited, Jim. I can't even talk. How do you see Benton contributing to this defensive line rotation year one? Well, I mean, you got Cam, you got Ogan Joby. Um, you know, Ogan Joby took people under his wing in his first year, even though he wasn't practicing full time. And he is not um a gregarious media guy. And but you see him, he's a very serious dude. And he took he was big with Alex Highsmith. They're both Charlotte boys, right? Very proud of the fact that Alex Highsmith was having a great year, was from Charlotte, which is Ogan Joby, I believe, was the first draft pick out of Charlotte, uh, UNC Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Now they just call it Charlotte University. Um, but I can see him taking uh, Benton under his wing because, you know, Herbig was telling us about Benton, that he's a serious dude. He's his best friend. And he loves fishing more than anything. I mean, you know, I'm sure he loves lifting weights. I'm sure he loves watching film. He's a serious guy, but I like the fact that he's not a party boy. Yeah. I mean, I really like that. Um, I liked that fishing was his life. Uh, 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 Herbig was telling us, because I, I said, give us an anecdote about Ben. We told him, he told us uh, that Benton's his best friend. And uh, he goes, Oh, uh, his his car was full of fishing gear all the time. Uh, he'd pick me up practicing. We'd have to move the fishing gear. And he was always getting up early, going fishing. And he just loved fishing. Wasn't much of a story, but it kind of told us a little bit about Benton. I just like that. I like those guys. I like Joe Thomas. It wasn't going to go to the draft because he was going fishing. And, and, you know, he was a Cleveland Brown, but I always respected Joe Thomas for not going to the draft. I don't like I don't like that draft. I, I think it's all phony. I think it's all glitz and glamour, and it's nothing like the hard work that's put in for these guys. Like like Keanu Benton wants to go fishing, man. I got to get up early. I can't be going to no draft and bouncing my chest with the commissioner. I'm not doing that. So you respect those guys. So, so Benton's my kind of guy, and uh, you know all his all his uh, attributes tell you he's an explosive defensive tackle. I watched him play nose against Ohio State. He got blown off the ball. I wanted to draft the Ohio State Center because of that. But they're going to start him at nose, but that's not his thing. He's going to have to add weight, and he probably will be able to do that easily, add weight and uh, strengthen his anchor. But in the long run, they ha- they have a nose tackle. They got the nose tackle from the Chargers, that Polynesian kid. Be okay. They have the nose tackle. Um, this guy's going to be a penetrating uh, defensive tackle in the Ogunjobi mode. And hopefully in the Cam Hayward mode, but I definitely see an Ogan Joby. Like I wrote, I think their defensive, the truly dominant one is yet to be picked. I think that's a first round pick of a next year. Maybe that's a final piece when, when Cam does is ready to go. But for now you're building that line with guys like uh, Leal and Benton. And I don't know how long Ogan Joby can stick around, but that's, 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 now you're starting to put some stuff together. Now you get a Joe Green, a Cam Hayward type. You get a first rounder. Now you've got a, a truly dominant player. And now you now you now you're ready to go because you got your edge rushers. Hopefully you, by then you got your inside linebackers. Your secondary is really starting to look good. This could be the defense. You just, I mean, Cam's still playing well, so you don't really need the young, truly dominant one yet. Yeah. But Benton is a block. Peace, an Ogan Joby type. Yeah. So it is uh appropriate to say that Benton is a good catch. Like it. I like, like it. 
coolly, calmly, collectively cutting it close with the cat. Like we're on a roll here today. No, we're not. We're far from a roll. We're trying to, we're we're generating false enthusiasm, but it's okay because it's the theme of the day, right? Yeah. I know we've got a long time till the first game, but it's only 10 days to rookie camp for me. There we go. The most, the, the pick that I am most excited about, and I can't wait to hear uh, your analysis uh, about this player, but the the second Georgia Bulldog taken, there's now three Bulldogs on this roster, but the big behemoth, massive tight end, Darnell Washington. Wow. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, I know that there's uh, some, some red flags with his medical history as well, but just envisioning – Fryermuth, Fryermuth, I know I mispronounced it. I'm horrible pronunciations. But those two on the field, maybe even some three tight end sets with with Gentry out there. Bully ball. I mean, this guy is like an offensive tackle. Okay, well, let's let's wait till he gets to block like an offensive tackle in the league first. He was the second tight end at Georgia. He was surprised when somebody brought up medical issue in the question. I didn't see medical issue anywhere. It was in the question. And now that it's in the question, it's now being taken as fact by national writers are saying it must have been medical concerns that he fell all the way to the third round. Fell all the way to the third round. This was the second tight end at Georgia. He had 45 career catches. Those are the reasons he fell all the way to the third round, which isn't really that far of a fall. We just fell in love with him. We, you know, Pittsburgh. Oh, 6'8 blocking tight end. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. But this guy, you know, and I talked to him at the combine. I, I, I'm just as guilty. I was excited about him. He was the first tight end I talked to at the combine. I knew they needed a blocking tight end, not a pass catching tight end. So I didn't know how, how you know, they could sneak this guy. And then people start talking first, second round. I said, forget about it. And, you know, it's, it's no chance. That's the perception of him falling is because we got a little too excited over a blocking tight end. He caught 45 balls in three years, but the, the, the scouting reports are he'll probably be more productive in the NFL as his game catches on, as he gets better coaching. And they, you know, that, that famous catch of his in the combine, I know it was all uh, in, in, in shorts. Did you see the picture of the catch we ran at steel city insider? The one handed, Way over the top, you know, yeah. the, it's close to a Beckham type catch, but way up one handed snare. That's the kind of hands he has, kind of athletic ability he has. He just wasn't used much at Georgia. He was a blocker. So that's exciting that he can even be a blocker. And I'll tell you, it was nice to see Matt Canada smile. Really was. Yeah. He walked into that media room and he was lit. He was lit. He had blocking up front. He had two Georgia kids. I got two Georgia Bulldogs, man. Who's going to make fun of me this year? I'm going to run my same old crap. I'm going to run all my inside scissors plays that you all ran in high school. <laughs> and we're going to make them work this year. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Man, and even, even Matt Canada is excited. I mean, this is the enthusiasm episode. This is, I mean. Well, it was nice. It, I was just enthusiastic to see him enthusiastic because, you know, I always, I always take the side of the guys who are just getting – I took the side of Cordell Stewart. I talked to him all the time when he was here. Uh, I, I like, 
you start hating on a guy. Now I'm now I'm his friend. Now I like him. Yeah. That's just how I am. That's how you I, became, I, that's how you became my friend, right? Because everybody was just picking on me and harassing nobody me. Nobody picks on you. You're getting more famous. You're getting more famous. I'm I'm like gearing gearing down away from you. I'm gonna start hanging with Roy Countryman. Because you know, Roy, you know, he gets abuse from me. Every morning he sends me a column. I said, You got to call me in the wrong place, Roy. You know, I don't do that with you guys because Roy's a young writer with a chance. <laughs> well, I, I, I take it upon myself to coach him up. Yeah. But I feel bad. Feel bad. You know, like, I mean, every day he's got to read where to put the stupid comma. I mean, he does a great job. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying comma because any little thing, I, I, I coach him up. I'm so, glad. So, Guys, I, I I I feel bad. I don't like bullies. You know, I always take the side of the guy who's. Uh, so I'm a Matt Canada guy. I'm a Matt Canada guy. You're you're a humanitarian, Jim. Uh, so bring, bringing this thing home, round seven, uh, last pick two fifty one. Spencer Anderson, guard, out of Maryland. Um, you know, continuing to build some some depth there on the inside. Anything sure. to you about this guy? Yeah, uh, I, I do know the Pro Football Focus had him two years ago ranked as the number one pass blocking tackle. I could have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And, and you know, you know, you know how that stuff goes. Yeah, but that's something. And the other thing is, there's there's three things. That two, who knows Maryland better than Tomlin? True. Who would you rather Tomlin take a seventh rounder from? Right. I mean, you know, you just say. Check this kid out. We okay. Omar gets his guys watching film. They go, you know what? He's not bad, coach. And coach will say, you know, Omar, keep an eye on this guy in the seventh round. If we need something, we need a little depth. Keep your eye on this guy because I know what kind of heart he has. I know, you know, he used to he used to befriend my son when everybody bullied my son. He's one of those humanitarian types. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know about that. I'm just saying. Tomlin has to know something about these Maryland guys that we don't or anyone else because his son played there for three years. So uh, anyway, um, and the other thing is he played every position. And actually, I've got guy, we've got guys on the message board that think he's a center. So uh, if he can play all five positions, uh, it's Justin Strelzik-like. And Strelzik, I believe, was an 11th round pick out of Maine. And he was a nobody afterthought in the draft back, I think, 93 he became he became a serious dude for this team, and uh, so who knows about Anderson? I'm and, excited for those three reasons. Yeah, and uh, ha- Hassenauer, uh, he did he sign with the Giants or? I know, well, he's not with the team anymore, so there could be really a really well. They, Anderson, they have so many centers. Daniels played in the NFL at center. Uh, seem your guy from the Eagles, Sayumalu, Sayumalu. You know, you're the one that said you couldn't say it. Now I lean on you. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he's he played center. He was a great center in college. Yeah. Um, Herbig, Herbig played center. So they've got their backup centers, and there's still Kendra Green around. So uh, uh, this Anderson will be a practice squad guy, developmental guy, and uh, we shall see. I, I, I like it. And um, I know they didn't have a fifth and sixth rounder, but I still like it. I mean, everybody loves it around the media, right? They're getting A pluses everywhere. 
Yep. That makes me nervous. That's the only thing that makes me nervous. Yeah. Is the media likes it too much. <laughs> so if we're bring, bringing this home, Jim, looking at this draft, um, are the Pittsburgh Steelers a better team today than they were before the draft? Yeah. And it's exciting. It's exciting. And there's a lot of people excited. Kenny Pickett is really showing some leaderships. I mean, we, we saw it at the end of last season. We we saw it uh, in in the uh, in him taking the guys down south, and the pictures of him being bulked up. Uh, you know, it, I don't know that bulking up is necessary for a quarterback, but it shows he's a serious dude, right? He's getting up early. He's working out. I know he's shooting shooting cans of beer on country stages, but I assume that's just uh, an aberration. Hey, I assume I, he's working hard. I got a quote, and he's calling these guys. He's He's calling draft picks, saying, welcome to Pittsburgh. I'm the leader of this team, and he is, and I love it. I do, too. I was going to say, everything in moderation, including moderation. In reference to the shotgun. (laughs) Very good. I like that. that I do. I do. I do. I think this might might be my most favorite episode we've ever done. Well, it's very philosophical. Yeah. Very philosophical. It, it was. We got it the was. Stoics in there. I got Neil Young in my column today. See the Neil Young reference. I got, uh, you know, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. I like reading. Reading, you know, you you people out there should read more. That I'm also reading the Ryan Chazier book. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I went through, I've read Cowher's book, Bettis's book, Cornell Stewart's book. Cornell Stewart's book was really good. Really surprised me. And Ryan Chazier's book is so far really good. I'm yeah. really enjoying it. Go out and read. Go out and read, people. Set 20 minutes aside every morning. Read. There you go. Truth right there. From, from Are the, you reading, Jeremy? I read a ton. I read a ton. Oh, good. 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 So you're just not a podcast viewer. I'm not. I'm No, I'm not just a uh, – I, I see all your books in the background there. So I just have this uh, Still City Insider Look background. See? Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? There's not as many as I thought. I thought there were many more. You're a learned scholar, Jim. Well, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. Yeah. (laughs) It's a spiritual awakening. I'm 62. Does it show? Kind of. Good. You look good. It's a white beard, though. If I shaved it off, I'd probably look 10 years younger. But uh, it's a spiritual awakening, man. And I'm I'm marrying it with football. There we go. I can't wait to come out in August. For for camp, we got to get those dates set up here pretty soon. So and we'll well, if you keep putting the commas in the right place, we'll invite you out. There we go. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the Dan Moore Jr. episode, episode number sixty-five. Remember, they drafted Jones as a right tackle, not a left tackle. We just wanted to point that out there. Oh, that's according to Dan Moore, and it is his episode. But John Jackson was sixty-five too. He was a tenth round pick. Yeah, and he was a very good left tackle. So next, yeah, next, next week it's the Alan Fanica episode. So we hope to see all of you back here. You should try to get him on. That would be great. I was so star starstruck the last time he was on. I don't remember the episode because like, oh my god, it's Alan Fanica. Right. Next time, um, say it on the marketing. Alan Fanica is in this one. <laughs> that was when I was just learning the, the video editing software. So we will we will make that happen. But we appreciate everybody watching. Episode number 65 is Still City Insider Podcast. Check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow at Jim Wexel. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. 
Check out my work at thestillstudy.com, and we will see you back here next week for more Steelers talk on the Still City Insider Podcast. Take care, everyone.